Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers in Tampa. We have reached the week of Selection Sunday, the Ides of March tournaments galore all around the country, all throughout the week of March Madness, of Championship Week, whatever you want to call it culminating in the brackets being unveiled on Sunday night, 6 o'clock, CBS. Got a great week, but we also have lots of news and notes from around the football world as well. The Combine is uh, was last weekend. We had the deadline for franchise tags to be, to be put on to players on Tuesday. The new NFL year starts next week with free agency, so tons of doings. And we had a blockbuster trade, Russell Wilson getting shipped to Denver, Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Packers, and all the things that, uh, all the dominoes that fall because of that move. And we got two great guests we're going to talk to about the National Football League. We're going to talk to Peter Blake, host of the Sports Web online show. We're going to talk about all the football news, the quarterback news. We're going to talk Calvin Ridley getting suspended for gambling. Thoughts on that? And our second interview is going to be, same with the quarterback theme, the Super Bowl quarterback theme of Rodgers and Wilson. We're going to do our Life of the Wife series. We're going to talk to Super Bowl winning quarterback Brad Johnson, first ever Super Bowl quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk to Brad Johnson's wife, Nikki Johnson. We're going to go through her story as Brad's wife, how they met. She has an awesome, very unique relative in her family that you're going to hear all about so again we're going to talk to we're going to talk super bowl quarterbacks today galore russell wilson Al, or aaron Rodgers, brad johnson's wife nikki johnson life of the wife so stay tuned to the podcast remember you can find us uh on all your platforms subscribe rate and review we'd love to hear from you if you have any comments send comments to my twitter feed at jposports and remember, you can find all the video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, the Powers on Sports YouTube channel. So enjoy the podcast, enjoy Championship Week, and get ready to fill out those brackets come Sunday night. Have a great week and stay tuned. Peter Blake coming up right now. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast, an exciting week of action and around the sports world we got march madness that coming up this weekend with selection sunday we've got hockey getting ready to get to the stretch run of the trade deadline we've got the nba got about a month left in the season and of course we have the national football league their league year is about to begin next week uh, with free agency and such this week is kind of the deadline for uh, franchise tags and such 
and what a whirlwind of activity we have seen early here in this week with trades, with uh, finally an Aaron Rodgers decision and such. No better person to talk about all the doings around the National Football League than my man, the host of the Sports Web on Facebook, my buddy, my tag team partner during the NFL season with our uh, pre-halftime and post-game show around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Peter Blake. Welcome back to the podcast, my man. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, it's been a uh, eventful day, that's for sure. Uh, quarterback signing, a quarterback trade, and franchise tagging, and we're on the eve of free agency. And I think there's a lot of Bucks fans out there just mentioning it in the Tampa Bay area. They're kind of trying to figure out this quarterback situation, and uh, it, it, it kind of looks like it is what it is at this point, unless there's somebody that's released. It looks like the greatness of Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're going to get to that in a minute. Before we get to that, we're recording this on Tuesday night, and as you know, probably by the time you're listening to this, mega trade in the National Football League today. First off, Aaron Rodgers. Finally tells everybody what he's going to do. He He's staying in Green Bay. Uh, rumor has it he's going to sign a four-year, $200 million contract, 150 of it guaranteed. So all that drama is finally going to be solved, uh, all his little uh, diva-ness. You know, you saw him at a wedding over the weekend out in California. Apparently, he's recon- he's he's getting back with his old girl, Shanae Woodley. You saw footage of him and her arm in arm at the Bakhtieri wedding out in California over the weekend. So the man is getting, uh, getting busy on the, on the social side as well as the financial side as he stays in green Bay. So just your thoughts of Rogers finally telling the world what he's going to do. Well, she's not Shanae. She's Shailene, but I tell you right now, no wonder she decided to come back, baby, come back. (laughs) I'm aging myself. And the reason why she came back is because supposedly Aaron Rodgers is going to get $50 million. So there's 50 million reasons right there why they would be reunited and it feels so good. But if you think about it, honestly, I mean, if he leaves the Green Bay Packers and goes to the Denver Broncos or another team, do you think he's in a better situation at that point? Most likely not because the Packers were able to franchise Devontae Adams. He's familiar with that area on top of it. NFC right now is very much down. I mean, you look at the quarterback situation besides Matt Stafford and the Rams, who are you looking at and saying, you know what? Tom Brady's not there. Dak Prescott is off injured, very talented, but who else Jason powers. So why not stay in a weak division, which, you know, could go down as uh, the second weakest division in the NFC uh, besides the NFC South, of course, with the Bucks being in that. But the NFC North, I mean, the Bears are rebuilding to a certain degree. Minnesota can never get their act together, and the Lions are the Lions. So it's a perfect situation for Rodgers to stay. No, no doubt. I think no doubt. And again, there's always been speculation about Rodgers being a little bit soft when it comes to the mentally. Uh, did he have the cojones? to maybe go to a Tampa to follow Tom Brady, maybe to go to Denver to be out in that division with Mahomes and Herbert to have to, to deal with that gauntlet out in the AFC. A lot of people think that he probably was going to not want to take that route where all the pressure was going to be on him. So if he didn't win it all, he didn't want to be able to take the blame. He's great at passing the blame off to other people in Green Bay, special teams, this, that, Gutenkunst, the front office. Now there's no more excuses for Aaron Rodgers. He's got his money. He's in Green Bay. 
They've, you know, they've, they, he's mended fences with, with, with the front office apparently. So I don't want to hear no more crap about Aaron Rodgers for the next two, three years. Well, you're going to continue to hear it because he's saying now that that contract is not correct. According to Pat McAfee and his <laughs> show, and of course, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, at the end of the day, the narrative has been Aaron Rodgers is about Aaron Rodgers. And I get that, but the contract makes it even look that much worse. And I get it, get your value. But as I've always talked about Jason powers, when a quarterback signs this type of deal, does it not limit your team from doing something more in free agency and the whole, you know, the, the whole point of emphasis from Rodgers and all these big high pay high price quarterbacks is, well, the team is not doing enough. Well, if you take less like Tom Brady did for all those years, maybe you help your team out, but Hey, it's neither here nor there. According to Rogers, that contract is not accurate. More than likely it's not 50 million. It's probably like 45, but you know, the numbers, the numbers will come out in the next few days. Whenever that thing gets signed, the key numbers are not necessarily the overall value is what is the cap hit each year. That's what the key number is with the cap is what is the hit in a particular year. I'm sure they've probably figured out a way to kick the can down the road a little bit where the biggest hits probably going to be in the year four and five of this deal, where it's going to be a balloon payment of $70 million, knowing he'll either retire though, you know, whatever. So there's probably a way that they've structured this where he's getting a bunch of money on the front end, but it's not going to be a devastating cap number on the back end, but we'll see. Well, we'll the see. key number is, you know, how many Super Bowls have they won? Yeah. Since uh, his first. Zero. Right. They won zero. He's terrible in the NFC championship game, and I get it. The conference is weak, so maybe he gets over the top and gets back to the Super Bowl, but, you know, his postseason struggles, are they going to change? Are the Packers going to get him more? Do they have enough? Do they have enough defensively? Does it change anything? You hope all these uh, questions can be answered by this one contract, but at the end of the day, it's not. Because remember, the Packers were way over the salary cap before this deal even was in place. Sure, this deal probably is going to help that cause a little bit, but they, because remember, uh, fans, every team by next Monday has to be at the salary cap. You cannot be over the cap when the new league year starts. So you're going to see a lot of restructured deals. Guys get cut this week. You'll see a lot of that stuff this week. And you've already seen Dak Prescott's done some stuff. Other guys have made some, uh, you know, restructuring, things like that. With your whatever your team is, you will see your team do some restructuring to, to create salary cap room because you cannot be without $1 over the salary cap. And most teams, you want to be under the salary cap significantly so you can make a move or two in free agency. So you're going to see a lot of moves this week all around the league by teams either cutting guys that they know they're not going to resign, i.e. Zadarius Smith, those kind of guys in Green Bay, or restructuring contracts of guys that you want to keep so they can kick the salary cap road down the, down the, down the road. So let's get to Denver. The mega trade with the Seahawks and Denver Broncos today. Russell Wilson goes from Seattle to Denver for two ones, two twos, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Your initial thoughts when you heard the news. Well, I mean, look, you know, Denver is trying to make a trade. Obviously, they think they're in the position right now to compete. Uh, in that division, it's very tough because look, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Justin Herbert, of course, you got Derek Carr. So you would have to say, you know, Russell Wilson's probably the third best quarterback in that division, but 
They think they're ready. They think they have enough. They gave up a lot. Seattle's looking to rebuild at this point. Yeah. Who knows? You know, Drew Locke is very young. He's got potential. Is he the answer? We don't know. Maybe it's a change of scenery. But you know what? The uh, Seahawks got a couple first-round picks, got a couple second-round picks, got a couple players. So they definitely help themselves out for the future. Seattle's not going to be able to compete, but they're going to be able to rebuild. Denver thinks they're going to be able to compete. And you know what? Russell Wilson's a pretty damn good quarterback. So for Denver, if it works out, and what's, you know, what's the plan there? Because John Elway has still been trying to find that quarterback since Peyton Manning hasn't been able to do it. So is that the answer to this question? You hope so for John Elway's sake and the Broncos' sake, because if not, more than likely it's going to flop again and you're going to be looking for a coach in two to three years. So that's uh, not Give them credit. They went for it here. That right. you, you, This is a great trade for – I think this is a great trade for both teams. I think Denver, you, ha- you have a good enough defense. You, your offense has been the issue the last three years. Say what you want to say. You got a championship quarterback. And one thing we can say about Russell Wilson, he is an elite quarterback. His pro- The protection he's been under and the duress in Seattle with the offensive line play has been putrid in Seattle. So if this guy can stay upright, kind of like what we said with Tom Brady and the Bucks, if this sure. guy can be kept upright, he's, a, he's, a, he's an assassin. He can throw the football, and they got they got weapons on the outside. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Judy. They got another good tight end who was a rookie last year, had a good year at the end. But they got players. They got a good running back in Javante Williams. So, again, something else he really didn't have a whole lot of in Seattle, too, was a consistent running game. They've got the pieces in Denver now. Well, going back to it, though, you know, maybe that uh, organization would have, you know, a little bit more flexibility if Russell Wilson took less, right? But you're exactly right. You're absolutely correct with, you know, that assessment. But now with giving up the two first, two seconds, the fifth round pick, whatever else in the the players, does that say right now the onus is not only on playoffs, but also Super Bowl or bust? I don't know about about Super Bowl or bust, but you want to be in the mix. You want to be in divisional playoff games, hosting home. I mean, remember, you're in the most brutal division in football now. Mahomes. Uh, Herbert, even the Raiders with Derek Carr, that is a brutal division. It's going to be a, a massive accomplishment just to be the wild card. There's no guarantee Kansas City is going to win that division. Denver thinks they can win that division now. Well, I mean, but that's my thing. I mean, is just winning the division enough? Because you know, first and two. Right. So the pressure is on Denver. The pressure is on sure. Russell Wilson. And I get it. He's a talented quarterback. But in your opinion – do you feel like Denver can overtake Kansas City or even uh, the L.A. Chargers at this point? If you're Denver, you want to be in the playoffs. That's it, not again. what I asked you. I said, do you think with this move right yep. here, do you think they can overtake those two teams? Because I'm not sure if they can. I think I'm they're not. better. I, I think today with Russell Wilson, they're better than the Chargers. Okay. Now, Kansas City's debatable. Again, you have Mahomes, so it's hard to bet against Mahomes in, a, in that kind of scenario. But Denver's played the Chiefs pretty well defensively the last few years. They just haven't had the trigger man to score enough points to be able to beat them. So I think I think Russell Wilson's going to be a great addition in Denver. He's going to like it in Denver, um, you know, with that crowd and that. I mean, they want to be in the playoffs again. If it, like we've always said, if you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. We've seen the Bucks. We saw the Bucks win the Super Bowl two years ago as a wild card. You don't have to have home field advantage. You don't have to be hosting all the games. 
sure it would be great in a place like Denver with the crowd and the weather, but you want to be you want to be Denver. You want to be in the playoffs. Get in the playoffs and anything can happen. Look, they absolutely put them in themselves in a better position because Teddy Bridgewater and of course uh, Drew Locke are not going to take you anywhere. But no. my thing is, if you don't win a Super Bowl here in the no. next couple of years, I I feel like you know there could be some heads that are going to roll. They got a new administrator. Remember, they got a new coach. They got the guy from Green Bay, the OC in Green Bay. He's going to be. He's going to have some time. They they're not going to fire him after two years unless they, it's just a complete disaster. You know, the G, the GM has has only been there one year. Got a good reputation, so I think he's going to be there a little while. Remember, the ownership could change. There's the, the team could be up for sale here. Um, so uh, that again, that's the one element you never know what could happen if you, if they sell the team. Peyton Manning's name has been mentioned as a potential owner, ownership group kind of deal with that organization, but who knows? I want to get to Seattle. Well, wait a minute now. You forgot the other ownership here. Uh, the uh, Yeezy, Kanye West, and Antonio Brown. What about that ownership, Jason Powers? I mean, come on. That's going to absolutely drive that stock to the moon with both of those guys running things, huh? Come oh, on yeah. now. Just, I mean, the, the, the price of entertainment just went up. <laughs> just make a reality show at this point but you know what denver thinks they're going back to the blueprint of what the la rams did last year yes they think it can work and who knows you know von miller was teasing it maybe he could return to the yes. Broncos. maybe there's some recruitment by russell wilson maybe there's some players that want to play there so totally. we don't know how it's going to turn out but at the end of the day when you're trading two first and two seconds and the fifth round pick and multiple players, you better win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Have they made themselves better? Yes. I'm just not sure if they're one of the top teams in the AFC yet, but we shall see, Jason Powers. Let's look at it from Seattle's point of view. I think it's a great trade for Seattle. They weren't winning with Russell Wilson the next couple of years. They weren't going to be a major player. If out of those two ones, two twos, and three players, if you can hit on five out of those seven, either players and combination of draft picks. That's a hell of a deal for Seattle. That's a Herschel Walker kind of deal if you're the Seahawks. And again, if you're Seattle, you probably use one of those two first round draft picks this year and draft a quarterback. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. You probably draft one of those guys, I think. Not this year. Not this year. What you do is you build that lineup. Okay. You build that offensive line. You get all those pieces. And then next year, when you have an opportunity to get a quarterback like Young out of Alabama or somebody like that, because it's going to be a much better quarterback class, that's the way you go. You don't draft a quarterback this year. You're overdrafting at that point. These quarterbacks are not that good. All right. I mean, did we know who Russell Wilson was 10 years ago as a third-round draft pick? I loved Russell Wilson coming out. I, th- I, th- okay. I thought he didn't get a chance. And, and look, you know, the whole story was Mike Glennon was the starter there, right? At, at no, Matt North Flynn. North. Matt Flynn. Remember Matt right. Flynn? Well, Matt Flynn was for Seattle, but at the time during his college career, it was Mike Glennon. Oh, right, right. I always loved Russell Wilson coming out. I remember him. I, I believe he transferred from North Carolina State, State to, to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Right. So I always loved his ability. Did I think he was going to start from day one? I thought he should have started from day one because he had the ability. Everybody's saying Matt Flynn has done this and done that. He didn't do anything. He didn't do squat with the Seattle Seahawks. He got a big-time contract in free agency, and that's the reason why sometimes you you don't overpay for guys, especially when they have one good year or a couple good games, and then go, oh, that's that's the next quarterback. No, it's not. 
So I wasn't surprised by Russell Wilson starting right away. I thought it would be successful. And the way they were successful is not only having the team around Wilson, but asking him to, I would say, probably be more of a game manager. He's developed, he's gotten better as time has gone on. But when he would first come into the league, you had Marshawn Lynch, you had a good offensive line, and of course you had a defense that would smack somebody in the mouth. So I think that's the way Seattle should build this team and yes. go out and get a quarterback. Not yeah, and don't be, and again, if they don't draft a quarterback, you no. can be assured there will be some veteran, a veteran brought in to compete with Drew Locke. There'll be a guy like a Mitch Trubisky, maybe, maybe even a, you know, a Carson Wentz, if he gets released, who knows? I mean, there's, there's some guys out there, even maybe a Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he gets released. There's going to be another, huh? Jameis Winston is that maybe a Jameis. Yeah. There's going to be another guy coming to Seattle to compete with Drew Locke if they don't draft somebody, but it wouldn't shock me if they draft Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett early in this draft, let Drew Locke play five or six weeks until that guy's ready. You put him in there and try to do the same formula that Seattle did 10 years ago, build up the defense a little bit. Pete Carroll's a defensive guy, build up the offensive line a little bit. And then try to try to manage the game with a, with a younger quarterback like they did ten years ago. I think that's the way Pete Carroll wants to play. Ideally, is defense and more of a running game than five wide receivers. And don't be surprised if DK Metcalf gets traded here before this, either right before the trade, the draft, somewhere because again he's not going to be happy with with Drew Lockett at quarterbacks. So and Metcalf could be a guy to get you another asset, potentially another first round draft pick. You could probably get a number one for DK Metcalf on the market because he's about due to get paid too. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. I, I'm just not reaching for a quarterback this year. Not a great quarterback class, a better quarterback class next year, Jason Powers. Okay. All right. Let's go to Calvin Ridley. The interesting news comes out of Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons. You know, he, he, he had some mental health issues, didn't play most of the year. I think he missed like the last 11, 12 games, um, <laughs> you know, didn't play. Then apparently in mid-November he makes a he makes a parlay bet on his phone through DraftKings or whatever, or FanDuel, whatever it was. He gets caught by the NFL. There was a lot of speculation will he get traded this offseason? I guarantee you that when the news came out in February that the NFL had an investigation. I guarantee you the first call they made was to Arthur Blank saying, "Hey, we got we think we got an issue here with Ridley. You are do not trade Calvin Ridley." You are not allowed to trade Calvin Ridley right now because we've got a serious situation. Just your thoughts in general about the policy that about gambling with players in the league. I mean, you can't have it. It's got to be zero tolerance at that point. And the NFL was right in suspending him. And, uh, you know, this genius decided to go on his app in Florida, of course, with the Hard Rock app, use his real name. And he bet $1,500 on a $11 million contract. He put himself in a situation where you could basically blow $11 million to make a 3-5 and 8 parlay bet. I mean, what are you thinking? Obviously, he does have some mental problems. And I would also say... Uh, Easy. Easy, have, Peter Blake. Have a little have sympathy for the guy. You uh, have a little sympathy for the guy? Yeah, well, did you see him uh, tweet yesterday? Oh, uh, you know, I just got a year. Laugh out loud. I'm gonna, I'm gone. He didn't say I'm going. I'm gone. G O N E. Gonna be healthy for a year. I'm gonna be. I take my L's. I mean, this guy just doesn't get it. Honestly, does not get it at all. 
None of these NFL players get it. And I keep on saying this on my show. Jason Powers, what's the priority? Do you want to be an NFL starting wide receiver or do you want to make some stupid bets with $1,500? And the direct result is now you squandered away $11 million. Of course he's got a gambling problem. Who does that? Come on now. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit. I'm going to ask yeah, a couple, couple things. Yes. Do you not see it as – what are your thoughts with the NFL taking all this money that they're taking – from the Caesars, the FanDuel's, the DraftKings, they're taking all this money, all this revenue, and partnering with these with these gambling operations, which is fine. Legalized gambling, Ridley, Rid, and I know he's a player. He didn't bet against the Falcons. Number one, number two, he legally bet. It wasn't like he was betting with the mafia, the Russian mafia, or the or the Nostradamus, the, the Nostros down here in Tampa, the Italian mafia, illegally. He bet it legally. He doesn't, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a laundry list of losing a hundred thousand dollars or half a million dollars betting on stuff like other guys, Mickelson, Barkley, and those kind of guys have admitted to it. And should he be suspended for the whole year? Yes. I don't, have a pro- I don't have a problem. If you suspend him for f- three, four weeks, Ray Rice gets two games, other guys for, for steroids, performance enhancing drugs, get four games. This guy gets a year for a, a, a minor one-time isolated incident gambling on the game, not even against his own team when he was playing, not even playing. Well, I look, I get the hypocrisy of the National Football League, and, of course, you opened up Pandora's box when you decided to put a franchise in Las Vegas. But at the end of the day, the players know they can't bet on their own league. Now, can they bet in other leagues? Absolutely. But it's about the integrity of the game, and that's what I'll say. I'll give credit to Roger Goodell. Once you take that integrity away, then guess what? Fans start to question, oh, was this player doing this? Was this ref doing this? Was the coach or owner doing this? And then basically, instead of competitive sports, you have sports entertainment. And my friend, we love sports entertainment. That's professional wrestling. But that is not the National Football League. And if you gamble on the game, it's not for long. So he should be suspended for a year. I wow. get it. The hypocrisy in the National Football League with them embracing the gambling. Um, uh, is that worse than stare? Is that w- worse than performance enhancing drugs or or uh, or uh, giving your giving your uh, your hoe or your mistress a little backhand to the face? Look, I think they should all be suspended for a year's time. I agree with you on that. I think the NFL has put this, uh, you know, this, uh, this this whole thing of this issue of, well, you know, if you slap somebody, you get two games until TMZ picks it up and it becomes a PR nightmare. But at the end of the day, the NFL is about their money and the integrity of the game has to be protected at all costs. If that's not there, Yep. I agree with you. All those things that you talked about, the NFL should have did a better job of, but they can't go back into the past. But what they can do is make an example out of this player, and they did on Monday. Okay. All right. That's 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 a fair that's a fair argument. Okay. I just have a hard time saying a year. I could again, I can understand if it's a half six, eight games. Okay, I could live with that. Because you have to get you're right, you have to get the message across to the other guys. Because if you think Calvin Ridley's the only guy gambling on NFL games as players or guys in the league you're 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 delusional i mean you're well, I'm delusional. not delusional but but that's the problem though if you start to have that idea put out there right then the game starts to lose some of that grandeur if you will i mean honestly 
I want to be naive as a sports fan. Sometimes I want to think that my home run chases are not PED related. And I want to think that people in competitive sports are playing up to their level. They're not getting paid off. But once you have that thought in there and there's people that think about it all the time, go on YouTube, my friend, the conspiracy theories are crazy, absolutely (laughs) crazy. And all you need is this. We don't even know because we know the NFL has had a history of hiding things. We don't know how bad this was. They were trying to downplay it yesterday by saying, well, he didn't bet on his team. That's not true. He did bet on his team. Now, supposedly he bet for them to win. Right. He didn't bet but, against them. He didn't bet against but, them. But we're not privy to that information. So that that's the thing. And, and I feel like. Well, I, here's what I would say. I don't think Calvin Ridley would say he only bet $1,500. He wouldn't publicly say that, I don't think, if there was a long list of other things that he did because he would just get – he would get crushed if it came out that he, he'd been a gambling all the all during the year and it was, the totals were a lot higher. Than, for him to come out and publicly say, yeah, this is what I did and how much I did, I tend to believe maybe it was an isolated incident. Maybe I'm wrong, but I wouldn't think he would be that stupid to publicly say I only did 1,500 and then here comes the laundry list of, of bets that he made throughout the year that's way more than that. Well, and the thing he admitted to is, well, I can't even watch football. Well, wait a minute, Calvin Ridley. You're telling me you're going to bet on football, a three, five, and eight game parlay, and not even watch the game? What are you talking about? He bet $1,500 and didn't even watch the game. Anxiety, Peter. He had some mental health issues, Peter. Stay away from the casino. Stay away from your cell phone. Stay away from (laughs) situations. Just stay away. Turn off the cell phone. You know, I always say this. If you're going to go to a party and social media these days, turn off your cell phone and tell the people around you to turn off their damn cell phone because it can be used against you. And just like that, one incident can ruin you. I just don't understand. Like, well, you know, I I had a co-host who said, you got to let these players live their life. Okay, cool. You want to go live your life? Go live in a strip club at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Nothing good happens. You know, Alvin Kamara uh, gallivanting around. I got, I got to age myself there with that term. Gallivanting around in Las Vegas before the Pro Bowl. You know yep. what happened? He got into a fight. And instead of his boys having his back and take him away from the situation, they joined in like knuckleheads. So that's the reason why Mr. Kamara is going to have all that money that he supposedly won in Vegas or all the money he had in his bank account. He's going to have to give back to the NFL. You know why? Because he's going to be suspended because he's stupid. That's why. And he put a target (laughs) on his back. What's the priority? Do you want to be an NFL athlete? Do you want to be a sports athlete? Or do you want to be a knucklehead? All right, I'm going to give you one more scenario here. Yeah. So we suspend Calvin Ridley for a year. Yes. What is the league going to do to Stephen Ross if they find out he made any kind of semblance of offering Brian Flores money to tank games? Does he lose the franchise? Him and Daniel Snyder should both be losing their franchises right now, and that's the problem with the NFL. I mean, you look at the Washington football team situation with all those allegations, they should have took the franchise away, but of course – You know, he's a part of the good old boy network. He's making all those owners money. And Stephen Ross should have the same thing taken from him. He should have that franchise taken away. Complete disgrace to be an owner and tell a coach, hey, if you lose these games, I'm going to pay $100,000. And people are laughing at, well, the coach should have taken it. No, it's called competitive sports, you idiots. And if you take that away, it becomes sports entertainment. I don't want to watch WWE or AEW on Sundays. I want to watch competitive sports. Stop it. 
I, I yeah, that's a great point. I, I the only thing I don't like in this situation as well as like the John Gruden situation. They may be guilty of what they did, and I get it. But if you again, if you think Calvin Ridley's the only guy gambling on football, and the NFL probably knows more guys, and if you think John Gruden was the only guy in, involved in all that email stuff, he's the only guy that gets punished. When those are the only two guys that are kind of scapegoated in these two scenarios, that makes you wonder a little bit about the NFL and kind of how serious they are about it. Well, I mean, it comes down again to the bottom line. If TMZ or foundation or organization picks up on it, or there's a group out there that decides to protest, that's when the NFL takes action. Until that happens, they really don't give a spit. Right. That's it. They really don't. I mean, that's what it comes down to and the consistency of their decision-making when it comes to sexual assault off the field or domestic Mm -hmm. abuse is disgraceful. It's completely disgraceful, and you're exactly right. A year suspension for somebody that gambles, I agree, uh, but you have to protect the integrity of the game. In that same breath, you have to suspend that guy for a year. Deshaun Watson shouldn't be playing a game this year if he's guilty. Uh, There's 10 criminal complaints, and I'm just amazed at how many people go, well, you know, there's a team that could trade for Deshaun Watson. He's got 10 criminal complaints. What are you talking about of sexual misconduct off the field? I mean, have we lost our damn minds at this point? You got to have some morality at this point. I'm getting on my soapbox, but I feel like, you know, the NFL needs a little bit more of that. Peter, do you want to do you want a team full of choir boys? Come on now. I mean, look, you bring a quarterback to your community. I agree. That's going to, that's going to be, that's going to be the interesting thing. We're going to, we're going to get right. to some, quarter, some quarterback situations here in just a minute, but you're right. The team that rolls the dice on Deshaun Watson with all the stuff looming, that's going to be an interesting case study in PR and in public perception and community, how that re- especially if he gets convicted of anything or settles a civil law suit where he's writing checks to people, to women, especially for the complaints that are, that are being alleged against him. All right. You listen to Peter Blake, host of the Sports Web. I'm Jason, Powers on Sports Podcast. Peter, give the audience a quick little plug where they can find you. Yeah, Monday and Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock, live on I Love St. Pete, the hub on Facebook. And, of course, now on Amped Up Sports with the great Leo Haggerty, doing some great things there with the Tampa Bay Lightning, USF men's and women's basketball. And then, of course, like and subscribe to the Sports Web on YouTube, and you'll be able to hear me and my loud mouth uh, just blabber along when it comes to NFL football, uh, NCAA, of course, hockey, NBA. Sometimes we talk about it, and all these morality issues. You get a chance to hear me on Monday, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. And I even make a guest appearance every once in a while when I, get a, when I get a plane ticket from the Ukraine uh, sent from <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> you want to be on tomorrow night we got to get you on tomorrow night because we got lots of things to talk about my friend we might lots do that things. we might do yeah. that i appreciate it. all right let's get to some on-field stuff sure. uh t- tuesday uh march the 8th was the franchise tag deadline i'm gonna go, we're just gonna go over a cu- couple of the notable names chris godwin for the buccaneers gets tagged Devonte adams gets tagged gasicki in miami the tight end dalton schultz the tight end in dallas Jesse Bates, the safety, the strong, I think the free safety for the Bengals is another guy that got tagged. Just your thoughts about those names. Again, not a whole lot of surprises because we thought that I was a little surprised that the tight ends were were tagged like they were. David Njoku for the Browns was tagged as well. Three tight ends, which is a little surprising. I didn't 
I don't know what the Browns are doing with Njoku. I know he's got an easy, but he's he's been to me. I mean, I, I don't know about that, but uh, Dalton Schultz had a great year in Dallas, Gasicki as well. So just your thoughts on, on the franchise tag and the guys who got tags. Well, it seems like it's a year of the tight end. And uh, when you can find a guy that can not only catch the ball, but also inline block, you know, it's hard to find. So that's the reason why you use that franchise tag. And I agree with you. What are the Browns doing? But, you know, who who knows what the Browns are doing ever? Who right. knows what the Browns are doing at the quarterback situation? When it comes to Chris Godwin, you had to do that. You could not let him get out of that building. And right. I get it. It's going to be $19 million. But basically, it's a placeholder so he doesn't get out there and become right. an unrestricted free agent and try to have trash teams like the Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, try to pry him away from the Bucs and overpay him or, you know, go to a team like the Green Bay Packers or a right. contender. The Bucs know his value. I get it. He's coming off an ACL injury. But if you heard B.A. talk last week in the presser, he means so much to this offense in that slot position. In fact, Jason Powers, he compared him to Heinz Ward, Reggie Wayne. I mean, Fitzgerald, like, Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. I mean, that you, you can't lose that. You right. can't miss out on that. And I get it. The effects are, well, now he takes up most of your cap and the Bucks are going to have to do. Uh, well, here's here, a couple things on this on the franchise tag, folks. Yes. You don't yes. know this. It's a, it's a, it's a one-year deal. You're paid the, you're paid at the average of the top five at your position. So Godwin, Godwin, this is the second year of the franchise tag for him. So he's going to get 120% raise compared to what he made last year on the franchise tag. So he's, he's really up there. Um, Devontae Adams, again, the Bucks are real close to signing Godwin to a long-term deal, which is going to reduce the salary cut. Now they were really close to signing him for the deadline. Same with Devontae Adams. I think you'll see the Packers really make an effort to sign him long-term. You have until July 15th, I believe, is the deadline to get a long-term deal done with these franchise guys. It's just a placeholder. It's a, it's a, it's a stall tactic, basically, for the franchise to be able to say, hey, we got three more months or four more months to negotiate if we, if we want to sign them to a long-term deal. I think those two guys, for sure, you'll see sign long-term, get the salary cap number down and more manageable to keep it because, again, you don't want a $20 million receiver up against the cap this year. That's not good for business for anybody, so – but good moves by both teams. I think, again, Rodgers and, and Adams are tied at the hip. That was going to be a package deal. You knew that was happening. Godwin, like you said, he's 26 years old, prime of his career. Four, he's got another five or six elite years in him. Everything says he's going to come back from the knee injury. The tight ends, again, Schultz, Gasicki, Njoku, who knows if they signed long-term deals or not. Who knows? The salary cap's going up every year, so maybe $10 million for a tight end. We think that's too much money, but really, if the salary cap keeps going up, that's really not a ton of money for for a for a potentially elite tight end. I don't think Njoku's elite, but I do like Gasicki and, and Schultz much better. And I think also it's a case of well, you know what, the body of work hasn't shown enough, so why not sign him to a one year deal, see if he's productive. If he Pro- is, prove it. Go ahead, right? Prove a deal. You know, and if he is, then we could sign him to a long-term deal next year when the salary cap goes up, or we could cut our losses. A lot of people crying about, well, you know, Chris Godwin deserves a long-term deal. Yeah, he may, but at the end of the day, the Bucks also have to do business, and they have to figure out this cap situation because right now, according to Over the Cap, they only have about $2.7 million. Right. So they're going to have to make some moves, do some restructures, and move some things around. That's not to say they're going to miss out on a Carlton Davis, but you know what? Maybe they didn't want to pay Carlton Davis 17 to $18 million for a guy that's off injured 
and is right. not as productive. Now, is can he be one of the top corners in the league? Absolutely. You shut down wide receivers, but he hasn't done it consistently mm-hmm. enough. Yep. And that's the thing with Godwin. He has done it. He's important to this offense. And then on top of it, he's not an idiot or a moron like Antonio Brown. I mean, Jason Powers, you've got Mike Evans, who's not a diva, who's a professional. And you've got Chris Godwin, Perfect. who's the same way. You can't Perfect combination. Him. Exactly. You've got to keep that tandem together. No, what, no matter what quarterback you yes. got, it's going to make your quarterback that much better with that tandem. And again, like we said, this week will be a critical week. You'll see tons of restructuring, tons of guys getting cut, salary cap deals, and tons of guys who are pending free agents to sign long-term deals with their teams all around the league this week. So it'll be a very active week on the on the on that front. Um, all right, let's get to some quarterback situations and I'll get you out of here. Just yes. give me with obviously with Rodgers and Wilson in the mix now. Let's start here in Tampa. Do you think the Bucks are really going with Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask, or do you think there's still a wild card out there, a Carson Wentz? Obviously, the Bucks came out and said this week at the Combine, the, the door is still wide open for Tom Brady if he changes his mind. We Again, what are your thoughts on the Buccaneer quarterback situation before I vomit in my mouth with Blaine Gabbard starting week one? Well, he was talking about Blaine Gabbard like he is the, uh, the next coming there, the next franchise quarterback. So I know, you know, the vomit was coming up in your mouth, but, you know, it seems to make sense to go with Blaine Gabbard because he knows the system. Of course, Kyle Trask is drafted in the second round out of Florida. Bruce Arians is a quarterback whisperer, but I'll give you a name right now. If he's cut, and it looks like he could be, Carson Wentz. Right. Watch Carson Wentz. If he's cut and you don't have to give up any draft picks, and he's just removed a couple years ago from being an MVP candidate, I think he may be the next starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If not him, Teddy Bridgewater will be signed as a veteran. B.A. loved him a couple years ago. In fact, if they didn't get Tom Brady, think about this. It wouldn't have been Jameis Winston. It would have been Teddy Bridgewater as your signing. So I will say this. Yes. If it's Bridgewater or Blaine Gabbard, I hate to say this, I would go with Gabbard because he knows the offense. Correct. I would do that. If that's the decision, if you're going that the, the low, the middle of the road veteran route, I'd give Blaine Gabbard a shot because one, he'll be here. And two, if he does flop and after week three or week four, you can put in Kyle Trask and Gabbard is a good soldier, good teammate. He'll, he'll, he'll fall into that number two role much better than I think a Teddy Bridgewater would, would potentially do. And you're not going to have to pay Blaine Gabbard a ton of money to do that as well. Yeah, and here's what we know about those quarterbacks. They're not going to throw interceptions. And B.A. mentioned it. You can't turn over the ball, and that's why you know, I'm not mentioning a Jameis Winston. At the end of the day, Winston right. would be the signing because he definitely knows the offense, Yeah, and he's been in it. But, you know, you don't he ain't know. Coming. Jameis Winston will not no. be back in the Buccaneer building. No, because you don't know if he's going to throw another 30 interceptions again. And yeah. hey, at the end of the day, you know, Bruce doesn't need that. He may go right. into early retirement in the middle of the season that the guy gets to 20 interceptions. You don't right. want that. You don't want that man having a heart attack on the sideline if Winston is your starting quarterback. You got sixes like apple turnovers. You want a guy that's going to be able to manage the game. Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask, Teddy Bridgewater. But I think there's a dark horse. I think it's Carson Wentz if he's there. Yeah. 27 touchdowns, six yeah. interceptions. You know, are you down on a Wentz like a lot of the fans out there are? I no, I think you'd be able to get him for probably 15 million bucks. One a one year deal, a prove like a prove it deal. 
I mean, you're not going to sign Wentz to a three or four year deal for $75 million. I don't think, I think oh. you can, even if you have to overpay a little bit for one year, I think you would do that. If you had to pay him $20 million for one year, I would do that as a prove it deal for sure. Right. I don't even know twenty million. You may maybe ten to twelve. You know, ten to twelve. Let's negotiate here. What'd you do last year versus Jacksonville? You couldn't stay healthy. I mean, those are the things that are being pointed out. But at the end of the day, he'll have a market though. If he gets cut, he would have a market because Pittsburgh, Washington need quarterbacks. He'd have a market, so you'd have to. I mean, you can't get him for ten million dollars because somebody will outpay will pay him more than that. Pittsburgh. What well, do you think you, Pittsburgh does? Uh, uh, definitely Pittsburgh. I mean, I think they're definitely being that Carson Wentz chase. I think Jameis Winston could be yeah. that quarterback. That was mentioned a couple of years ago. I okay. certainly think that may be a fit there. So Jameis Winston. Teddy Bridgewater kind of guy? No, Bridgewater works for Pittsburgh. I think more Winston than anything else. I think um, you could see I think you could see Bridgewater maybe in New Orleans. He's got history in New Orleans. Absolutely. He knows the staff. He knows the front office. They like him. They're going to run the same offense that he was in when Peyton was there. Yep. I could, I could see, I could see Bridgewater back in New Orleans. And you know, who you see with Washington, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh God, That's, that is the guy that has been talked about all week at the combine, and they're talking about ten to twelve to fifteen million dollars for a guy. Look. I thought Carson Wentz was better, so I'll change my stance on that. If you're going to pay Mitchell Trubisky $10 million, you're definitely going to pay Carson Wentz 15 to 20, right? But I that has think. been the talk. That is, so I think that could happen with the Washington but rem- Commanders. But remember, man, you got Fitzmagic back in the mix after his hip injury. He's only 42 years old, Methuselah. With yeah. the, I mean, 155 in dog years. Can the guy stay healthy? Can he? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Bucks fans want him brought back. I mean, are you serious? Ryan Fitzpatrick and this risk it, no biscuit system. Bruce Arians would be retiring in the third week after getting a, a load <laughs> of this guy. It, it, again, the quarterback carousel is going to be very interesting. These next 10 days, you're yeah. going to see a lot of movement, a lot of guys, and we got guys coming off of injuries. Poor you, you got Jameis coming off an injury. What are the Colts? Are the Colts? The Colts might not do anything. They might look at the landscape and say, I hate to say it, Carson's the best of the worst. They might give him another year. Or they may go with the quarterbacks they have on the roster. Who knows at this point? Really? I mean, honestly, who knows? And then, of course, the Deshaun Watson situation is still out there. And that's the wild card, too. He's been linked with the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you're Philadelphia, trade Jalen Hurts and multiple first round picks and you get a guy that more than likely is going to be suspended. If not the majority of the season, the whole season, but Hey, Philadelphia Eagle fans, you deserve that. If you make that trade, seriously, honestly, yeah. no, you're right. You're right. All right. Get you out of here on this. Yeah. How many March madness brackets do you fill out? One. And, and okay. I haven't been doing it the last couple of years. And I'll tell you why, because usually in the first round, I get absolutely killed. So I take my March, <laughs> I take my March madness bracket and I crumble it up right just like this here. And then I throw it out like that. So that's probably why I don't do it, but I'll probably do one this year. And that's about it. All right. I got you. I got you. Selection Sunday, folks, Sunday, uh, big week of, of college basketball tournaments. We got the SEC tournament here in the Tampa Bay area starting Wednesday night. Our buddy TJ Reeves is calling the Horizon League championship on Tuesday night. He'll be calling the Conference USA ch- title game over the weekend in Dallas. Uh, over the weekend, 
So lots of basketball conference tournaments all around the country, SEC, ACC, all the big tournaments are, will be this weekend. Selection Sunday is Sunday night, 6 o'clock, CBS, all the brackets. So good luck with that, folks. And again, Peter Blake, thanks for the time, my brother. You do great work. Keep up the work on the sports web. May, again, maybe I'll get a little love and get a little crumb and get to come on the show once in a while. <laughs> absolutely we gotta make it a regular thing on the evolution of uh, evolution of sports talk television if i could talk on facebook and of course on youtube like and subscribe to the sports web do three things for me jason powers bring your passion bring your excitement just don't bring any nonsense i'm your host peter blake giving you something to think about and also I, can i get a little love for my new background my logo i love it i think it looks great man you're upgrading right now all that that money that's come in from Aaron Rodgers, all these, all that quarterback money, that's coming to us. That's what we're working on right now. And you can check out the new background on the Powers on Sports uh, podcast YouTube channel. I got, I finally have got a little technology and got a little background with the logo of the podcast. Peter's got a great background for his show. So check us out online as well. The YouTube channel, Powers on Sports. You can see the interviews, all of our past interviews. We got a great interview coming up next with, we're speaking of Super Bowl quarterbacks, Rodgers and Russell Wilson. We're going to be talking to Brad Johnson's wife, Nikki Johnson, as part of our Life of the Wife series. We're going to get to hear a lot of cool stories about Super Bowl champion quarterback, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Florida State Seminole, Washington Redskin, Minnesota Viking, Dallas Cowboy, our man Brad Johnson. His yeah. wife, Nikki, is going to be coming up next on the Powers on Sports Podcast. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports Podcast in just a moment. Now a word from BetUS. With March Madness in full swing with Selection Sunday right around the corner, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, hopefully starting soon. We'll see about that. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. You will receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using the bonus code POWERS22. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports books for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all your NBA and NHL games, team and player props, PGA Tour events. We have the Masters coming up soon, March Madness. Anything you want to bet on here in the next couple of months, you can bet on through BetUS. They have a great online casino that has hundreds of games and a race book that has all of your horse track betting options. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid. BetUS. And remember my our special, your special, promo code POWERS22. BetUS, where the games begin. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues 
world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home, now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason down here in Tampa. And next up on the podcast is our Life of the Wife series. You heard us talk to some uh, athletic directors' wives. We've talked to Coach Bruce Arians' wife over the years. And now we are very, very thrilled to talk to my buddy Brad Johnson, Super Bowl-winning quarterback for my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk to Brad's wife, Nikki Johnson. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Happy to be Great. here. Very, very good. Very. I know uh, it's a busy time for everybody this time of the year. Um, I know uh, we're going to talk about Nikki, her sons, Jake and Max, our uh, players. And uh, first question I want to ask, I know Jake and Max are both going to Texas A&M now, and we'll get into that in a second. Is Jake still in school, or is he already gone to Texas A&M? Jake is already there. We took uh, Jake in January. Well, and Max, really. Since right. he's uh, transferred so, over. So, so Jay, I know Jake was a se- high school senior this year, so he decided to enroll early in College Station. That's obviously been a trend here the last numerous number of years for a lot of high school kids. And Jake is a very highly touted uh, tight end prospect. And his brother, Max, is a quarterback who transferred from uh, LSU to Texas A&M. So they're both going to get to play together. How happy, how happy does that might make mom and dad that they're oh, going to get to play gosh. together? awesome it's awesome the fact that they want to play together they wanted to play together since high school since they've been little and it all kind of worked out so it's really it's great and logistically that helps i was just gonna say logistically for mom and dad on saturdays that's gonna be a lot easier than having to figure out which week to go to where or mom go here dad go here and report back and all that good stuff that's right. That was a conversation that Brad and I had. If they were to go to different schools, would we divide and conquer or would it be a thing where we would go together to one game this week? And then, you know, so I'm just thankful it all worked out. Are they going to live together? They are living together. <laughs> so, How's that going to go? So the other roommate's a good buffer and he's awesome. Gabe Dindy. Love that. Love that kid. Um, yeah, and so far so good. I think what happens is when we're in town, that's when they start going back and forth. But I think when we're not there, they have a good old time. So did, did mom make them do their laundry and they understand between whites and darks and all that kind of good yes, stuff? Absolutely. <laughs> what's so funny is because my youngest Jake, um, you know, being the baby, he's probably a little more spoiled, and he's like, 
mom, when y'all come, uh, can you do, can you wash my sheets? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but I'll cheer you on doing it. So he has gotten a quick lesson of how to do his own sheets and not just wash them, put them back on the bed. That's, that's, that's the most important part is putting them back on the bed. Yeah, exactly. You can wash them like Brad likes to do. He thinks he does laundry when he washes the clothes, dries them, and then puts them on the dryer in a pile. I'm like, honey, that's not laundry. That You have to fold and then put away. That's actually doing the laundry. Yes, yes. He and I kind of butt heads when it comes to laundry. So give, give me a couple things that Brad's not very good at. Oh, gosh. Um, he's going to kill me. It's not that he's not good at something. He just hasn't had to do certain things. Like, <laughs> I was always the handyman. You know, when he played, it was me. I just kind of grew up. My mom was always the one, you know, wallpaper in the house, moving furniture, doing this or doing that. So I've always been the one to like, of toilets fixed. Okay, let me figure out how to fix that. Um, let me look it up on YouTube where he's more like, if he had to do it, he can do it. He just likes the fact that I like to do it. So <laughs> I wouldn't say he can't do it or he's not good at it, but, um, he just, does he, leave, does he leave the shoe? Does he leave the shoes out in the, in the wrong place all the time? And doesn't put, uh, like you said, doesn't put the okay. laundry away. You know what he does after he'll drink a diet Coke or a can of soda. And that joker will leave that can right by the chair. I'm like, babe. And he said, I don't do that. I'm like, okay. So I collected a bunch of cans. I'm like, oh, you don't do that. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's Thanks. great. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about you a little bit more. First of all, tell me how, um, tell me how you and Brad met. I know a little bit of the backstory. It's a pretty cool little backstory. Tell us what how, you, how you guys met. Okay, so what do you know so far? Like, what do you know as far as the backstory? Just I, I heard, I heard that the first date didn't go so well. Okay, see, he always says that it went fine. We went, we had Mark. Okay, so Mark Richt is my brother. He was coaching at Florida State at the time. Yep. When he was he was coaching Brad, he was the quarterback coach. For those of you that don't know, people, Mark Rick, the former Georgia head coach, Miami mm -hmm. head coach was an assistant coach for Coach Bowden for a long, long time. He was a quarterback at the University of Miami back in the heyday with Jim Kelly and all those kind of guys back in the early 80s. So Mark is a very – you guys, everybody knows, if you football fan, you know who Mark Richt is. This, Mark Richt is Nikki's brother, big brother, right? He's older. That's right, because usually I get introduced as Mark Richt's sister, so I appreciate the fact that you said Mark is my brother. There you go. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, so he set up a date, blind date between Brad and myself, and we went and played tennis. And we had a good time. It was fun and the whole bit. Well, at the end of the day, it was kind of like, well, I like you. He, I don't know why he says it wasn't a good date, but it was, it was a fine date. <laughs> but we really didn't see each other for six more years. Was Brad already in the NFL? Brad was in the NFL. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to date anybody in the NFL. He's a player. He's this, he's that, you know, I've already had this preconceived, you right. know, judging the guy. And, um, but we had a good time. It was fine. It wasn't anything awesome, but it wasn't a negative thing. Yeah. It was like, okay, I think he's a nice person. I think he's a nice guy. So. Were you living in Tallahassee at the time? 
I was at, no, I actually was living in South Florida. We grew okay. up in Boca Raton. Okay. And I, um, I was just getting out of college at the time. Okay. And so, like I said, it was here nor there. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, I think he's a nice guy. But logistically, it's really probably not going to work. He's in Minnesota half the year, right. Tallahassee. What's going to happen here? So we kind of just put it on the back burner. It was fine. But Mark, <laughs> he's not right. So I'd had boyfriends in between and Brad's names, his nickname is the bull. I know that. So, I know that. <laughs> so he would, I would be sitting with the boyfriend watching a movie and Mark would come in the room and say, Oh, the bull, like just kind of throw it out there. Cause he loves Brad. <laughs> Needle you, like, needling you. Oh, absolutely. And I would just look at him like, shut up. And then the boyfriend <laughs> at the time would say, what's that? What's the bull? I'm like, Oh, nothing. He, he's just being stupid, whatever. So anyway, long story short, Six years later, I was getting my master's in physical therapy and I was in Tallahassee visiting Mark and Catherine. Catherine is Mark's wife. And I was sitting at the computer working on my thesis and he's on the phone and he's like, yeah, I have uh, a girl. Yeah, she's, she's tall, she's blonde. She's sitting right here in my, uh, in my kitchen. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? He's like, I'm talking to the bull, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, like he's trying to set us up again. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he's probably got a girlfriend. What are you talking about? Just let it go. So, cause he's always wanted us together. He just thought we were a good match. So we end up, I think, I don't know, going, having pizza and yogurt. No, we had pizza. What did we do? Oh no, we went bowling. We had pizza. And then we just left. It's like, well, good to see you again. Take care. My sister-in-law had a different plan. She had, she's like, let's go get yogurt for the family, frozen yogurt. That was when TCBY, TCBY was a big thing. Yep. Go and have TCBY and she gets one for Brad. I didn't know that, but she got one for him and she drops me off at his apartment. He, I'm like, I cannot believe you're doing this right now. Long story short, where he lived, he lived right by the facility. So they had an extra car there that they needed to take home anyway. So if it didn't go well, but <laughs> I'm like, girlfriend, you can't drop me off. It, what if he had a girl there? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> holy cow. So anyway, so she drops me off. We, I give him yogurt and we talked until like two o'clock in the morning. And so I'm like, you know what? It's okay. on, it's on. I like this guy. I could see he's marriage material. Just the conversations we had and the, well, I won't, I had a boyfriend at the time that I was getting ready to break up with. <laughs> I was peaceful and I was busy. So anyway, long story short, I had to break up with him. He's like, I'm going to call you on Tuesday. And still in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, sure. You know what I mean? It was still that NFL player mentality that I had. And he called me on Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, I already broke up with the boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. So our first date was on Valentine's Day, 1990. Yeah. There you go. That a girl. Yeah. So that's cool. That's very cool. Very make a long story longer. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's keep keep going. That's great. No, that's great. So you guys, so you met four or five years into Brad's career. I don't think I told you this. I actually played football. I don't know if Brad told you this. I was a I was a walk on kicker at Florida State. When, he did when, not tell me that. When 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 Mark was the quarterbacks coach and all that stuff in the early '90s. So I okay, that's cool. So yeah, That's awesome. so, so I, I I fondly remember many a days at practice with Coach Rick and all that kind of good stuff. 
making making fun of us kickers. (laughs) He can be ruthless at times. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So I so I hear back in the day, you were a little volleyball player back at USF down here in Tampa, where I'm at. Right. That's right. Talk Talk to me about your volleyball career. Oh my gosh. Um, since, okay. since your so, nickname, since your nickname is the killer, killer, yeah, killer and Asa, yeah. I um, dang, I loved volleyball. I mean, it was I played all three sports in high school, and then my junior and senior year, I focused on volleyball, and I ended up um, getting a scholarship at USF. I was an outside hitter. Okay. Um, I started as a freshman at some point. It might not have been the very beginning of the season, but it was. It might have been. I can't really remember. It's really sad. It's what, 30 years ago? <laughs> and um, God, I loved it. I loved my teammates. It was fun. It was awesome. I still hold some records. Oh, no. Um, so, and, no, don't, don't be shy. No, I, do. I just hate talking about it because I feel like I'm bragging. But um, I think I have some records in hits and digs and aces, like third all time or whatever. There you go. But there are a couple of players in there that just demolished any records. I I can't remember her name. Michelle, somebody. She, like, she played in 2000. She was a stud. We actually, Brad and I watched her play one time. She was excellent. So, so so you guys, so I hear, I hear you when you get excited, when it's go time, you like to say right here, right now. Oh my gosh. He needs to stop. (laughs) I just get fired up. I don't know. I don't even know I say it. That's okay. And I'm just like, okay, right here, right now, let's go. It's like I'm in the moment. Let's get it done. So are yes. you still are you still pretty uh competitive? You like to you like to still you guys play tennis still and those kind of things? I don't play tennis, but whatever we're playing, yes, it's a competition in my mind, at least. Maybe not in anybody else's mind, but like um, no, like in the family, we'll play cards, we'll play ping pong, the others. It's always a competition. It is. I just have to pick my events and know that I have the ability to win. Like I won't <laughs> play something that I can't win. Well, you know, that's, that's smart. That's, that's smart. I retired really early when the boys were really young, like racing them. That was the biggest thing. Like they always wanted to race me. It yeah. wasn't even Brad. It was me. They wanted to beat me because we didn't let them win. Like we probably stopped letting them win probably when they were like four. You know, just let them know you're not always going to win. Right. Like, if you want to win, you have to work hard to get it done. And right. so that was just something we never, you know, when they're little, yeah, you act like you're fighting or you're playing and you let them win. But it, it was short-lived for sure. For sure. So being that you came from kind of an athletic family with Mark and all the stuff he was doing, coaching and all that stuff. Obviously, you and Brad get married. Brad's in the NFL. Brad's starting to progress in his career, getting some opportunity. Did you have any struggles kind of adjusting to kind of the NFL life of, hey, you're going to be home by yourself, whether it's with the kids or before you had the children, by yourself a lot. Brad's going to be focusing on football a lot of the time, especially during the football season. Um, I don't think I really struggled um being by myself or being like having him do his thing I'm all about him doing his thing he's gifted he's God has given him gifts to do what he did and so it wasn't I was more like a helpmate it was more like okay let's 
get it done. Let's, what can I do to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish? So the only thing for me was that was a struggle, if any, is you lose your identity just a little bit as being uh, Brad Johnson's wife or Coach Rick's sister. Or so I was, and it was probably an insecurity deep down. You know what I mean? Like now I'd be like, yeah, I am. That's who I am. You know what I mean? At the time I felt like I had things to offer as well. I'm like, listen, I got my master's in physical therapy. Listen, I, I played volleyball and I was pretty dang good. I was, you know, and so I think as a young woman, that was probably more of my struggle, my identity, until I found that my identity is in Christ, then it all kind of went away. You know what I mean? And because I always have people saying, oh, you're so blessed to be married to Brad Johnson. Oh, you're so blessed. And I'm like, I am blessed. I know that or I wouldn't have married the guy. But it was also like, hey, I'm somebody too. Right. So when you when you were in the different places that you guys lived, easy for you to meet friends and other players, wives, girlfriends, things get in, in, in interactive in the community, business leaders, that people that you would just run into on a day-to-day basis doing things. Did you have an easier, easy time just getting to know those people and having striking up conversations? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm gonna say this. I was an extremely shy person in high school. Again, I never wanted to be out in the front. Like yep. it, I didn't have to be the center of attention. That was never my uh, that was never my deal. I think um, what was hard for me. I was just growing up. My stepdad or he would say children should be seen and not heard. So I was very quiet unless I was around people where I felt really comfortable. Then I was the life of the party. But it was my like teammates. I was a goofball. I I had a good time, loved it. But in in front of a crowd that I really didn't know, it took me a minute. So I think being married to Brad has helped me. And as time progressed, I got better and better about meeting people and putting myself out there. If that makes sense. Yeah, good, good, good answer. Good. What was your What was your favorite NFL city to live in? Oh gosh, you know, I loved them all, and I think it was timing with things too. Like I loved DC. I loved going into DC, and when he played for the Redskins, I loved yeah. going into DC and going to the museums and history and all of that. That was before we had kids. Right. Then Minnesota, and I love Minnesota. I love the people of Minnesota. I loved um, being active in Minnesota. So there were things that I loved about each city, really. Um, Tampa, same thing. I have a a ton of people. The weather was beautiful. Um, I had a lot of friends in Tampa and in Florida. So I kind of embraced every city that we lived. Dallas, good gravy. I love Texas. I mean, there really is a sense of Texas pride there. And um, same thing. I loved our little school for the boys. I met so many parents and people that till this day excuse me we um I've had moms reach out to me where our boys went to school like Max is in kindergarten first grade in Texas and they've reached out to me now that they're back in Texas hey so-and-so goes to Texas A&M you really there's always been a connection there it's pretty awesome so I really I can't say I loved one more than the other I just love them for different reasons so talk to me about how kind of your, 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 I don't say relationship, but how your, your rhythm and day-to-day things change. Obviously how having your two children, Brad's still playing in the league. 
you're now having to kind of handle most of the child raising duties of the children while Brad's still playing. But at least again, during the season, how did that change you? And were you, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Or again, was it kind of a, uh, getting used to it and, Oh gosh, I didn't realize there was this much to do and all that kind of stuff. Well, so when I had Max, I was in a rhythm. I mean, my focus was Max and I didn't, I just, maybe I was naive, but I'm like, well, that's Brad's job. And when he would come home, he was very interactive. So I didn't have a problem. It wasn't like, if I had a bad day, I'm like, here, take him. You know what I mean? He's yours. But he, he was really an involved dad to begin with. So it wasn't really hard for me. And I think I loved being a mom so much that it didn't really phase me. Um, 9-11 hit and I was, um, I was, wait, what? That wasn't, uh, 2001. Yeah, Max was little and we didn't kind of know what was happening, you know, at the time. And I just remember my mom lived by herself. And so she came to live with us for a little while, like in a couple of months. And then she went back home and then we kind of got into rhythm of my mom coming. Uh, during this season and the off season, she would, um, you know, move back into her house. So I did have my mom. So that, that probably helped me as well. And I remember I was pregnant with Jake and Max was a toddler and I was extremely, extremely sick, uh, with Jake nauseous. I mean, morning sickness to the hill later on, I found out I had an ulcer who would have known at that time, but um, so she definitely came in for that season and helped me tremendously because people would come into town. I have to, you know, you're just, you're hosting a lot. And it was just, anytime I would try to clean or lift up my arm, I mean, I was throwing up nonstop. I know that's not pretty, but it was the reality of where we were at the time. And so my mom did come in and help a lot. Which so was you were in DC during 9-11, correct? No, we were in Tampa. Okay. Okay. And it was right. the most eerie thing because we lived near the airport and you always hear, you know, the planes, the flight yeah. up, and it was silent. It was so eerie. I'll never forget where we, I mean, everybody knows where they were and just, it was just such a time. It's crazy. But. So as a fan of Brad's and all that, did you, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing here, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I'm assuming you went to every home game. You were always, you know, you were there, probably traveled a couple times a year to the road yeah. games. Yeah. As far as being a fan of Brad's, were you a were you always a vocal fan or kind of quiet? How did how did mom handle how did mom handle being in the stadium? Okay, so I was definitely a vocal fan. Brad, he was very smart in the sense he we always had a box. So you weren't really with the fans right. having here it's different at the quarterback position at any other position you can and I could have dealt because we do it now with Max yeah. but um I was just the doors were open like I could never sit in a box where it was enclosed I'm like honey if we get a box it has to be open I want to be a part of the game right I can't really watch it on tv I was very loud very vocal you want to talk about cheering I had no voice at the end of the game um, and I would want to, like, I remember in Washington, um, the fans, because you were really close to the fans, the box was right there. And then you could see the top of the head of another fan. And they were like hammering North Turner, like just hammering. 
I was ready to fight somebody because I love Nora Turner. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't, I didn't say that because I never want to have interactions with the fans. I, yeah. I mean, as far as that goes, like getting on to yeah. somebody. Um, but I, I just remember like, Nick, just keep your cool. Just keep your cool. It's okay. Just, so what I would do is just cheer. Let's go, Norv. You got it, buddy. Let's go. You know what I, mean? I would take it. I would kill him with kindness. Or I would, you know, it was just. But as time went on, my body was just, it couldn't take it. You know what I mean? You can't live and die on every play. Right. So I just learned just to kind of stay steady, Eddie. I mean, that's how Brad's played his whole career. Yes. And so he's probably taught me, like, there's always a chance at the end of the game. There's always, like, it's never over until it's over. So I always have hope until the game's over. And I just kind of, I clap when it's time to clap, but I just kind of, I'm trying to pace myself. How, we're dealing with Brad after a tough loss. Was he a different husband? Was he a different spouse, mate? How did Brad react, especially in the prime of his career when he was, he was the man Especially in, even down here in Tampa, when there was all kind of pressure on the Buccaneers, was yeah. it, was there ever any? Did he? Was he? Did you know when to be away from Brad and just leave Brad alone, or how did that work? That dynamic. Okay, so he was. We've always been good. We always have an understanding. Like, I think because I did play sports, I get it. I know when to just let him be. I know if he wants to talk about it, he'll talk to me about it. I'll give him a word of encouragement, and then I just let it be. Yeah. Um, but I also had to manage, like his family would come into town a lot. And after a loss, I had to be the one, like he would go in his room and just for quiet time or decompress probably, right. right. Um, where I would just entertain, I'd be the entertainer, you know, I'd be that middleman kind of yeah. keep it all good. So. <laughs> I said, you owe me, honey, you owe me. No. <laughs> so big, big life decisions for Brad, contracts, deciding to change teams, things like that. How involved were you in that process and how much input did you provide? Or did you kind of let Brad and his agents deal with that? Or did you say, hey, Brad, I don't think we should do this. Or Brad, we absolutely should do this. Um, I think it was more, I was great friends with the agents. So we were, I was always a part I knew when it was time just to back off, but I always gave my opinion. I said, I think this, or I think that just my opinion, you can take it or leave it, but this yep. is what I think. I never pushed because it has to come from them. It's gotta be their decision. He's the one playing, you know what I mean? So I can't, I just, I just tried to be a support system basically. But like, I, I was kind of, I was a little adamant about Tampa yeah. I just said, I think this is a good opportunity. I just kept saying they hadn't won it yet. I just think it would fit. We have family members that are close. I mean, it was just a good fit all around. And it worked out right here. Absolutely. If you, again, if you're watching the Powers on Sports YouTube channel, you will see our interview with Nikki and you'll see in the background, the beautiful Super Bowl banner in the background. Again, Brad was the first uh was the quarterback for the O2 Buccaneers when they won their our first Super Bowl. I'm a huge Buccaneer fan, Nikki. I live and die the Bucs. So joy okay. came to my face throughout my life when Brad, when I was living in Birmingham at the time. Uh, so I was, yeah. uh, it was a very it was awesome. Perfect. That's right. 
And, 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 and honestly, to know that I knew Brad a little bit, a little bit of interaction with Brad even made that much more special for me too. Cause you, I, I know I, I'm a mutual friend of Nick who Nick, you know, Nick oh, Gonatos. Yeah. So that's how I got introduced to Brad a couple of times at Florida state when he was in town during the off season is through Nick. So that's how I got to meet Brad. So that's, that's kind of my connection with uh, yeah. Brad. And so, yeah, so, uh, so that it made it even more special for, for me to, to be able to experience how, as far as playoffs, Talk to us about the, the Super Bowl run. Obviously, it was a year, a lot of the expectations in Tampa. They finally got over the hump. The quarterback was kind of the missing piece in Tampa for a long time in the offense. Coach Gruden, all that stuff. Talk to me about just the whole Super Bowl experience for you and wow. your family and everybody. Okay, so, again, I was pregnant with Jake. So, I was okay. about – at the Super Bowl, I think I was seven and a half, eight months pregnant. Wow, okay. I wasn't supposed to travel – and I said, oh, no, 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 I will be traveling. And it was in San Diego. Yep. Um, but it was, I remember watching the uh, NFC championship game. Against Philly. Against Philly. And I was sick as a dog. I had a stomach flu. And I remember watching it and throwing up, coming back, watching it. Like, I was really, really sick. But I was so freaking happy when they won that game. It was unbelievable. And then going to the Super Bowl, it was just, it was surreal. It was, it was awesome. I mean, as sick as I, I mean, I still had morning sickness and I was as big as a house and just kind of taking care. It probably helped me and my nerves really. Right. And the pressure of it. And it would be just pressure in my own mind, I'm sure. But just having to take care of him. I, I think we had like 17 people there at the yeah. Super Bowl and just like taking care of logistics and tickets and seating arrangements and who's sitting with who. And my right. sister actually ended up coming so she could watch Max so I could really watch the game. And, uh, Mark was there and his son. It was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. And then after, you know, after they win it and, um, we go down to the field and all the confetti. I will say this. The only negative thing that I can remember was being pregnant and all the reporters, everybody just comes in on you. And I just remember giving people elbows, mm. like you better back away. I've protected my <laughs> little baby in here. Mama's but, pregnant. What's that? Mama's crank. Mama's pregnant. Right. She's cranky. That's right. You better watch out. Other than that, it was unbelievable. And I remember afterwards because brad had to do some interviews and we were just kind of walking around we had no ride our ride was gone we missed the bus we missed uh -oh. so i think we ended up getting a ride i can't remember maybe it was the disney people or somebody gave us a ride back to the hotel i don't know but it was just but it was a sweet time because it was just brad and i and we just and it was the culmination of a lot of hard, it was a culmination of a lot of hard work, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you reached the pinnacle. I mean, yes. that was, it was, it was incredible. It really was. And I just love that team. It was just a great team. I love the guys and the wives. It's just, a, it was awesome. And you guys, will, you guys, will, the cool thing is no matter where you guys are in life 20 years from now, you'll always have that moment and they'll always celebrate us in Tampa will always celebrate. You guys okay. were the first ever team to do it. Brad was the first ever quarterback to do it. No matter what else happens, you'll right. always have that. So that, 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 and hell, 
This year will be the 20th anniversary. I know. Crazy. I'm sure they will do a, I'm sure the Buccaneers will do a celebration this year of that, bring everybody together and all that stuff. So that will be, again, something you guys will be able to live forever and remember that. No so, doubt. so Brad's kind of transitioned to the end of his career. Did you help Brad make the decision to stop playing? I know he had a lot of injuries there late in his career. How did that whole transition of him going from an active player kind of to retirement, how did that affect you guys as a couple and a family? Um, I, I don't think I, again, I was always there to support. I think as a player, you have to decide. You can't let anyone decide for you. I mean, you can if someone lets you go or right. they can kind of decide. But, but as far as him saying this is it, it was, it was him. And I was there to support him. I knew, I knew it was going to be a hard transition. Yeah. I don't think he thought it was going to be because I think he's like, you know what, I'll just, then I'll focus on my kids and I'll coach their teams. And he had, and he's done all that and done it well. But I think you don't realize how entrenched you are in something, whether that lifestyle. He, yep. That's right. And he's done football his entire life. Right. You know, um, high school and on, and it kind of, it becomes your identity on a level. So when you're done, you're like, okay, what's my purpose? What am I doing? You know? So it, it's just a transition. It's, he didn't go through depression or anything like that. It was nothing like that, but there are times you're just, you're like, wow, okay, what's next? So, um, and you're really, probably, and you're probably not used to him being at the house all the time. That's what I was just going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, dude, so he came in trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, babe, I've been doing this for how many years now? And I had to really check myself because I wanted to let him have it. Like, buddy, no, sir. I've been running it. Don't tell me how to do it. But then you just kind of get in a groove and it all works out. It's fine. He kind of, because he's got to feel like he's, you know, he's Mars in charge. Is. And he is, but I'm just like, okay, just simmer <laughs> <them are> down. <laughs> All right, so your kids, your kids start to get older. You obviously Max and Jake. You can tell that there's some athletic ability, and there's you guys got some great genes with you and Brad. Obviously, athletic genes. Do you start when you know? Obviously, when Max starts to get 12, 13, 14, it starts to there's some opportunity probably and some hope that okay, he's gonna be he might be a he might turn into something here. How did yeah. that trend for you as the mom cheering him on, all that kind of good stuff? How did how did did you have to temper your expectations or did you say, let's go right here, um, right now? Yeah. I mean, I always have that in me. If it's something they love to do, if, if he wanted to play the violin, I'd be okay. Let's go. You know what I mean? Right here, right here. Give it your best. I'm always like, be present where you are and give it, do your best yep. and get the rest. Good old Tony Horton on Power 90X way back when. I've always kept that in my mind because if you do your best and you give it all your effort, then the outcome will come. Whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. So when I saw that he, if he loved it, I'm like, okay, let's go. If that's something you want to do, not that mom or dad is, you know, that we're trying to make you do something. If that's what you want to do, let's go. We will yep. give you every opportunity to help you achieve your goal. And he, he was a kid that he's pretty intense now. He's, he's, he's my kid that he was born intense. And, but once you get to know him, like he is funny, fun, loving, but he, he's got an edge to him for sure. And, um, 
once he put the work in, he put the work in, he went to camps. He went to, he missed things with his buddies that yep. they got, to, but he put it in and, and, but guess what? He achieved what he wanted to achieve. That's so right. So I'm proud of the kid. I'm like, how, how hard during the whole process of, for both of, both of your children, Jake and Max, the pressures of Brad went to Florida state, Mark coached in Georgia, all right. that stuff of where to go yeah. to school. Yeah. My, you know, you grew up in, you grew up in South Florida at my, you know, my university of Miami in the picture, how, Alabama, Texas, you know, just all the things that go into making a decision. You as the parents have to really help guide the children right. to make good decisions. Right. It's right. ultimately their decision, but you got to provide some adult guidance. That's right. And so, and I think that's what we tried to do. We tried to say, okay, if there was a red flag, I would totally have intervened and said, you know what, Max, this is, right. I have to say, we're going to, we're going to mark this school off the list. Um, but we really wanted it to be his decision because again, he's the one that's going there. He's the one playing. He knows if the coach is a good fit for him. Yes. Can we see if there was something major, right. Then we put a Nix. but overall he, he's really, he really did a good job of evaluating schools, like what he liked, what he didn't like. And, and, and at the end of the day, when we were down to three schools, it was, you know, you have to decide and you have to be the one to tell any one of those schools would have been a good decision. Right. You know what I mean? It would have been fine. But at the end of the day, you have to be the one to tell the coach, coach, I'm not coming here. I'm, thank you for your time. And, you know what I mean? So he grew up a lot. He had to call his uncle. I was going to ask um, you, did Mark, did Mark help you in that process? Um, yes. Like if we had a question, what are some of the things we need to look for? What? Absolutely. What was tough is he was being recruited by Mark. Right. And so it could have been unbelievable. You know what I mean? You think of the, the family dynamic, it could be awesome. But then there's a part where Oh gosh, it could be kind of sticky and you don't want to ruin family dynamics. And sure. Um, but at the end of the day, Max wanted to blaze his own trail. That was, he could have gone with his uncle, but it was kind of, and his, and his cousin was the quarterback coach at the time. Okay. So, um, which would, could have been awesome as well. So I think once he made the decision that it was LSU, it was, I mean, he had to call and, let his uncle know, hey, I'm not. And that was one of the hardest things that child had to do was call. And even at Wisconsin, he loved Coach Budmeyer and Coach Chris. I mean, that was a big deal for him. And um, so he got through it and and he, you know, chose LSU, and then, which and was then, good. It was, it was, was good. That, and then he, then he had to make another decision that when Coach O got let go at LSU, do you stay? Do you then make a decision? And obviously you you guys have made a decision to go to, to Texas A&M yeah. with Jimbo Fisher. So talk about that process too. That's a little bit different than the initial coming out of high school process, but yeah. similar. I think um, <clears throat> it was tough for Max to leave LSU. I think um, the situation and where it was kind of headed, it's tough when a coach gets fired mid-year. Right. And right. things in the program can kind of slip a little bit. Yep. So things, you know, um, as far as I, I can't remember for the bowl game, there was what, 35 yeah. players that were eligible. I mean, Crazy. so 
crazy. I think in Max's mind for his goals and where he wants to be in the NFL, I think it was just a decision he needed to make. He wanted right. to make. And so he's always, he was recruited by Jimbo. He knows Jimbo um, is a great offensive mind. Right. And I mean, he's tough on quarterbacks. He knows that. He is. And that's where I think Max, he probably, it's, it'll probably be a love-hate relationship because he loves football so much and he loves to learn about football and he, he's, he eats it up. So I think it'll be, I think it'll, it'll be a, a great situation. I think they'll probably go at it and in a good way, in a really good way, I think, but I think he really wanted to learn and develop have the have the, have the, have, have the kids have the kids leaned on you and brad when it comes to just living away from home and being away from being not being at home and living having to wake up every morning to go to class when you don't feel like you're do do the little things oh, that you yeah, have to do they don't lean on us as far as that goes at all i think max being the first to go and he i mean brad might say listen you need to he would give him advice. I would set two alarms. I would do this. I would do that. But when the time came, I mean, and Max will say, he's like, I was on my own, dude. Like when Jake uh, got to LSU, I mean, uh, A&M, he's like, listen, he's, he, I had to do it by myself. He's got to figure it out. And so I think it's more of, uh, I kind of feel like this is their time to figure it out. Yep. I know when I went to college, yeah, I had to figure it out. This is the time kids need to figure it out. I think kids are so um, coddled nowadays. I just think it's time they have to figure out who they are, how they're going to do things. And it, it, it works out. You know, you got to fail a little bit to improve. Sure. So if you don't wake up for that meeting, <clears throat> you're going to run your tail off. And guess what? You're probably not going to miss that meeting or you're not going to be late or whatever. They've right. never been late or missed a meeting, but I'm at least, I, I, I always tell Brad, cause Brad's probably a little more, like he would always make their lunches. I'm like, honey, they're in high school. They need to make their own lunches or, you know what I mean? But he missed that, missed out, I guess, when they were younger. So he wanted to, he loves doing things for them. But I'm also like, they have to figure out how to do things. Cause like you said, when Jake, was at college. Do you know how to do laundry? You daggum better know how to do laundry. Or if you don't, you figure it out. You figure out you don't wash your darks with your whites because then it, <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll figure right. it out. Right. So. How have you guys transitioned to no kids in the house? Okay. So now that's a different story. We do FaceTime them often. So yeah. that helps the transition. It really does because I think the anticipation of the transition is worse than the actual transition. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you're like, oh my gosh, for a mama, what's hard for me of boys, I don't have any girls, I just have boys. So I knew as soon as they leave this house, that's it, it's over. They're not, gonna, they're not coming back, which you raise them for that, which is, that's God's plan. I, I, I want that for them, Right. but I know <clears throat> right now oh i'm mama they'll call me need advice but once they get married that's it you know that's who they need to that's their person and so i'm like man lord please just let me love their their wives and i <laughs> hope their wives love me the good you thing know? is they're probably they're gonna probably try to pick a girl or a woman at least that they know mama will like that's right amen amen 
<laughs> All right. So what do you, what do you, give me a couple things you and Brad like to do. No kids now. What are some just personal you and him things that this stage of your life that you guys just like to do with yourselves? No kids, no other people. What are no things you guys kids. like to do together? Um, we always go to movies. That's our go-to dinner movie. Um, we talk about traveling. Like we want to go. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I mean, just things that we want to kind of do um domestically um just that kind of stuff playing cards yeah. we're pretty boring how'd you guys decide to pick athens georgia as kind of your home base um mark coach rick so mark coached here we were still in tallahassee yeah. i'm a big family person i okay. came from five <clears throat> i'm one of five um and i love my family i've always been close to my family yeah. When Mark took the job, we still lived in Tallahassee. I was sad. I'm like, dang, we moved. We were here in Tallahassee. I moved from South Florida to Tallahassee. Mark was still coaching at FSU. And then that next year he took the job. I'm like, dad, gum it. I just got <laughs> here and he left. So um, Mark's wife, Catherine, yep. and it was funny, the image in between, I would always look online at houses in Athens, like just dreaming, like, can we just move there so we can be near the family? And he's like, no, we're not leaving Tallahassee. I'm like, okay, whatever. So Mark's wife, Catherine, she um, ended up getting cancer. And so she has, they have four children and it was during um, May that she had to have surgery. And I ended up going with, our two boys and staying in their basement to help them with their kids, to take care right. of the kids. Cause Mark right. was coaching obviously. And so um, I, well, I was there for like six weeks until she recovered from surgery. She's great. Cancer-free. Awesome. Great. Didn't even have to go through radiation. Great chemo. To so Great to hear. Thank you, Lord. Um, and so I loved it there. And Brad saw the interaction between the cousins, because my sister was there, her husband was the chaplain at Georgia and she had two children and then Mark's kids. And then they all just had a good time. And he, I think it clicked like, you know what? I think these, our boys need to be around family and their cousins. Good. And then what's funny, my other brother ended up moving to Athens as well. So we all ended up in Athens. My parents are here, everybody's here. So that's how we ended up. And, 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 and there was no, I don't say what the word is. Obviously, Mark left Georgia. There was no, there's no community ill will towards you guys for, you know, he didn't, didn't quite, he had a great career coaching at Georgia. Unbelievable. Didn't quite get to the mountaintop, which they did right. get to this year. Was that, was that a fear of you guys of, oh Lord, Mark leaves Georgia. We're in, no. Georgia, we're in Athens. No, you know why? Because he got fired. So he gets fired. There's no ill will. If anything, there would be ill will towards Georgia. You know what I mean? Right. No one, everybody loves Coach Rick. He's, I was going to say, nobody in the community is ill will. Like, oh, God, what are they doing living here still and all that? Not at all. Not at all. We're so entrenched in the community Very that good. we're a part of the community. You know what I mean? It's just no ill will at all. Very cool. All right, one more question to get you out of here. Yeah. Give me a splurge purchase of something whether it was some playoff money, additional playoff money that you guys made, signing bonus, what was something that Nikki said one time, Brad, I don't give a damn, I'm going to buy this. Oh, God. Um, 
But see, that's not how I operate. I don't know. Um, or, hey, Brad, we're going on this trip. We're spending this amount of money. I don't care what you say. We're doing this. You know what? I think I ended up buying a Rolex watch. I think. There you go. Yep. I, but it was never like, I'm getting this. I'm like, hey, I would like this. Are we good with that? Yeah, great. Okay. You know what I mean? We're not. I think we spend most of our money now. Well, not now, but when the kid on food, food and entertainment and things like that, the boy, I'm telling you my grocery bills, holy cow. When they're in middle school and high school, it's crazy. It is crazy how much money we spent on food, but they needed it. I mean, really? And now we're like, oh my gosh, our grocery bill is so small, except for inflation. But other than that, <laughs> now are you, are, last thing I'll get you out of here. Are you, yep. are you the one behind, are you the one behind the big bad Brad tricks, tricks, trick shots on, on Twitter. Okay. No, I love that. He does it. He, I was the cameraman in the beginning Okay. <laughs> in order to save our marriage. He ended up getting a tripod. I said, babe, perfect. Because mama has things to do. I can't spend that much time out there filming you. I love you and you're awesome, but no. So no he it's so much fun for him to do that it's exercise and he just has a good time and it's good clean fun on tiktok it's just funny how many people know him from tiktok i'm like what oh you're big bad brad i'm like oh gosh please don't encourage this but, <laughs> yeah, it's good it's all good it's fun and he loves it and no nah, that that, that, think, that that fits brad perfectly just from the few times does. i've met him that well, so, kind of stuff. Yeah. And people don't realize because he was so steady Eddie on the field, they didn't really know his personality. I mean, yeah. even here, sometimes he's just really, you know, quiet and stoic, but get him going on something and he'll go. He's a goofball. He sure. is a goofball. He's a goofball. Well, Nikki, it's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for about, having me. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was fun, really fun. I'm glad you're, you're a, you got some Tampa in you too with your time in Tampa at USF. So I exactly. like that. And, uh, I really do appreciate the time and you guys take care. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right, Nikki. Thanks right. for uh, tuning in folks. And we will see you next time on the powers on sports podcast. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the powers on sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at JPOSports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.